The author Alan Locus, in his book Through the Flames, he tells the story of surviving a deadly plane crash in which he was disfigured and burned. And he talks about the intense transformation that the whole experience brought into his life and how he reconnected with the tremendous resiliency inside the human spirit. And in this process of healing back into wholeness from these devastating burns, he tracks how he started to appreciate in a new way his inner life and how he started to listen to what was important and to care about what truly mattered. And at the back of the book, there's a section that's called Out of the Ashes, and it's a collection of gems from the book, a summary of what he came to understand as he went through this experience of emerging back into wholeness. And one of the gems in the back of the book is this, and it may sound familiar to you. It goes like this. You are not alone. Everyone goes through difficult, even unbearable times. Now, when I read that one, the, the power of it really touched me because it matches my experience. It is often the case that during difficult, unbearable times, people isolate and feel overwhelmed and withdraw, especially if physical pain is involved. And he talks about how easy it is to lose track of that sense of resiliency and courage and to forget, and this is the difficult one, and to forget to be grateful for everything that is working well at the same time. Now that's what he said. Those are his words. After all that he had been through, he became reconvinced of the power of gratitude to be the pathway into wholeness. So I asked myself, um, why do I forget to be grateful? Well, I don't like pain, physical or emotional, and I've learned that pain can be very disorienting, even in small amounts. And I've learned how important it is and difficult at the same time to stay present and, if possible, to notice how disorienting that pull of pain is away from the center of my being. And then, if possible, to come back to the center as swiftly as possible. And, of course, it's much easier to talk about this when you're not in pain. So the author suggests that gratitude can be an important ally for us when we're making the journey back to our center. And he calls gratitude an, an expression of our awakened soul. Now, I've been thinking deeply about that, this idea that gratitude can be my ally. That gratitude is an expression of my awakened self. And that gratitude is something I can tune into when I've been knocked off center and I'm trying to get back to it. Now, here are some words from his book. 
This is not theory, philosophy, or religious dogma. It is my own hard-earned personal experience. I have been there with you. One third of my body was seriously burned, some of it all the way to the bone. I know pain. I've been in the fire and I have come through the flames. He wasn't expected to live, but he did. And his message then became, I am healing and so can you. He wanted to inspire other people to keep on going. It's humbling to read, you know, when I think about how easy it is for me to get flustered by little things. I'm not even talking about the big things. Now, the, the big things in life can certainly knock me off my center, too. I mean, currently I'm diving into and educating myself about the Palestine-Israel conflict, and it's knocking me off my center. And the more I read about it, the further away from my center of peace I feel. And tragic world events ought to get my attention and disturb me into action and reflection and education because being spiritual does not mean being heartless or self-centered or isolated. And inspired by the book, I'm also looking at how long am I going to stay down when I'm knocked off my center? And I learned from the readings that during those times of being down, that gratitude can be my ally. I can use it as a way of getting back up on my feet so I can face the world. And I do believe that. I talked about it at our Thanksgiving Eve service. And if you missed that, it's in our archives on our YouTube channel. You can watch it. And as a side note, next year I'm bringing back uh, the uh, Unexpected Abundance Club which I'll tell you more about that, what that is next year. It's a practice of noticing and being grateful for unexpected acts of receiving as a way to really deeply connect with gratitude. So back to my admission. I admit that I can get knocked off my center even by low-level inconveniences. Yeah. Harsh words. Not getting my way. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the kind of physical pain that Alan had. I'm just talking about the little things that knock me down. And when I'm knocked off my center, what that means to me is that I forget what is alive in me. I forget my inner resiliency, as he said, my spiritual nature. I forget what lives in me. And so that's why I value and why I'm at the center to learn to stay focused or to refocus and to be connected with that part of my being that makes me resilient, the part from which my wholeness comes, from where kindness comes. Because I can go like that. I want to tell you a story about once upon a time... <laughs> A long time ago, I, I loaned a friend a large sum of money. And when I loan money, I don't stay connected to it or attached to it or follow. I, uh, you know, I don't loan money that I don't have, that I can't do without. You know. 
So I loaned the money, and um, my friend took a while to pay it back, and when he did, he was so ecstatic, he wanted to make a big deal out of it. So he came to visit me um, right here at the center. He said, can I come in and see you? And he paid the loan back in cash. You know, it was a big wad of money, and, you know, it was, it was fun. And so I folded it up, and I put it in my wallet, and it was close to lunchtime, so I walked over to Oliver's store to go and get some lunch. And I must have dropped my wallet. Because when I got back to the office, it was gone. I was devastated, you know. Ten minutes before, I was fine, you know. And in my mind, I started telling myself stories about the opportunistic nature of people. And I had this, this tape of voices starting to run in my head about how stupid I was to make such an idiotic mistake and how I couldn't be counted on. Do you know what I'm talking about? And there it ran, and I thought it's pointless to even worry about it. But I did decide to walk back over to Oliver's to... You know, I wasn't expecting anything. And I, I walked up to the, uh, the manager and said, I think I, I may have dropped my wallet. And he looked at me with a deadpan and he said, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he handed over my wallet and everything was intact. And in the span of a few minutes, I moved from ecstatic to <laughs> devastated to thrilled up and down, you know, was like, and I, I asked myself, what would it have taken for me to stay a little more centered? Thinking about Alan's experience of healing, I wondered what it would have taken for me to, to be a little more brave, or to at least expect a little better from the experiences of my life, or, or at least to make a, a little more generous assumptions about other people, and to do better at staying on my center, in my center. Because I would like to be the kind of person who does not let things like setbacks and failures get the better of me. Doesn't let offenses, jealousies, whatever it is, get the better of me to the point where they govern me. I mean, don't get me wrong, disappointment is natural, even healthy to express. However, at the same time, I don't want those experience to, experiences to take on the power that they really oughtn't to have. And at least I don't want them to be able to cause me to forget my center. I want to honor my feelings. And I also want to get up, get back up a little more quickly. Now today as I speak, I've been using the phrase my center. Sometimes I say my core. Sometimes I say the truth of my being. Sometimes I say my essential nature. Sometimes I say spirit within me. And what I mean by all of that is that place within that is the seat of compassion, of calm, of creativity, curiosity and connection and courage and clarity. 
Because our theme this month for December is wholeness. The wholeness that comes from that place within whatever we call it. And our focus is on being in sync with the self within. Listening to it. Sensing it. Being aware of it so that it can guide us through both the challenges and the joys of life so that we can live from its wholeness. Now, our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, he described this self within using a little more flowery language. He said, the spark which burns at the center of our own souls is caught from the living and eternal flame of spirit. And he gave us some important word there. He gave us an important word to chew on when we think about the self. And the word is eternal. To me meaning permanent. What could it mean? I asked myself, to have some part of me that is permanent. Now, it means different things to different people. To me, it means that the self within me is always present. That it was never created, and certainly wasn't created by some good deed that I did. And I can't go anywhere to get away from it. And whenever I think about this, it takes me a moment to breathe it in and feel the immenseness of the idea. When I first heard about it, it was a game changer for me. It changed my perspective on life to imagine that some part of me was calmly watching the world as it unfolded, it, it helped me to drop some of my anxious thoughts and to be more present with whatever was before me and to really see that everything is temporary and finite and delicate. And that awareness didn't scare me. It opened my heart to love it all more dearly, like this planet like this body, like our nature, like these connections and our relationships and our families and our loves and our nation and our world. So we're going to take it all in. And even though I am convinced that there is a self within me, as it is within you, one that is permanent and present, it, it turns out I can still behave and speak in ways that go in the opposite direction of its nature. Wow. It turns out instead of being compassionate, I can be selfish. Instead of being curious, I can be narrow-minded. Instead of being creative, I can, well, I can self-numb, disconnect from the world, not think about it. Instead of being connected, I can be isolated and me-focused. Instead of being calm, well, I can be chaotic. <laughs> And so then spiritual living to me is the practice of waking up to the self, 
resyncing with it, especially when I am bumped off my center by life so that I can practice coming back as swiftly as I can. So the question in my mind, what is it that helps us come back and stay on center? Well, practice can. So what in this case is practice? What does it look like? To me, well, it means regularly turning to the self within and talking to it, asking it as if it were another person inside. What would you have me do today? What would you have me be today? How often ought we to practice this? Every single day. <laughs> no, that's not enough. Better than that. Three times a day is not enough. Five times a day is not enough. To me, practice as frequently I can so that the self becomes the filter through which I see this world so that, in the words of Ernestum, nothing can separate us. But I remember thinking, that's too much. Who's got time for that? <laughs> and I love what Alan's response is. He says, even a momentary pause can help you and I see things more clearly. I love that. So how do we incorporate that into our practice? Well, this is how I do it. I take a breath. Now, a real breath, like this. And pause at the top. And then as I exhale, I try to sense the calmness of the self within. And then I take a breath. A real breath. Like this. And pause at the top. And then as I exhale, I imagine for a moment, and I invite you to do that, to imagine that you are the self. You are the part of you that is compassionate, that is curious, that is creative. And then what do you think I do? Take a real breath and pause at the top. And then as I exhale, sometimes I, I say to myself silently, there is a self within me that is the seat of confidence and clarity. And typically, if I pray in this way, because that's what it is, a sense of wholeness emerges. And I'm certain that when you and I practice in this way, inevitably, it leads to another realization. That the self within is the place where we intersect with each other and with all of creation. The place that we share in common with creation the place from which our wholeness comes. And I trust that when I practice like that regularly, 
I'm going to stumble on that realization of our shared reality. And, it, and as I do that, it's going to become more and more and more difficult for me to be knocked off my center. Or to be tempted to go to war in my mind. Or to make excuses and exceptions for why I should be unkind. Because I will know at all times, meaning eternally, that I have another option. I always have another option. I could go with the self. I could go with the self. Another gem from the author is this one, and he's talking about generosity, but we can really adapt it for our message today. He says, there are many reasons not to be generous, but none of them bring happiness. Well, we can adapt that and say, there are many reasons not to care, not to love, not to connect, not to persevere, but none of them bring happiness or freedom. Such a powerful idea, such a game changer, and really an invitation into personal creative expression. It's inspiring to me to think about how it might lead me to live the life as the person I want to be. A friend of mine was getting divorced, and it was a very bitter separation. And um, he visited a wise therapist who at the time said to him, when this is all over, you're going to want to look back at what happened and be proud of the person you were going through it. Now, I'd like to add to that to say, and when you are tuned in and synced with the self within, it can help you achieve that. It can help you achieve being the person you want to be. So this week, I invite you to consider this, to consider who you are, or more than that to consider that the self within and you are the same. That you are the place within that is calm, that is compassionate, that is connected. And I invite you to think regularly about that self within and imagine it that it Imagine that it is on a permanent standby waiting to guide and then to take a breath. A real breath like this. And to pause at the top and then as you exhale to ask as if you were talking to another person but the self within to ask. What would you have me do today? What would you have me be?
Let us take a moment to turn within for a moment of spiritual practice. Recognizing, as we heard in the opening spiritual mind treatment, that one, whatever it is, that is persistently present, that is the source of all that is, that is both creator and creation, and to reflect on being a part of that allness, as I am, as we are. And then from that awareness, to invoke the creative nature of my own mind to use the ability of my heart and feeling and thoughts to resync with that allness so that I may become a clear channel for its expression in this time and on this place. And giving thanks for that and for the willingness in my heart to follow the direction of the self within, I release this word into that aspect of the divine that we call the law. And I invite you to seal it with me by saying, and so it is.